Hello everybody, it's Melissa. I'm back. Welcome back to another episode. So I just had something really upsetting happen and I had to get on and tell you guys about it and process and rant and be upset. So get ready. Here it comes. (laughs) So I just had my first experience with a person fully kind of like denying my diagnosis to my face. This hasn't yet happened to me. Uh, It seems like ever since the beginning of this process for me, uh, everyone who I've talked to about it has been um, very supportive and accepting and open and this and not like being like, you're not autistic. Uh, so the opposite happened today for the, this is the first time, like I said, and I just, it's, mm, wow. It hits a certain way, doesn't it? (laughs) I know this happens to people all of the time. I've heard from so many of you guys that this has been your experience. And, uh, I've always just imagined like how awful that must feel. And I did kind of like, okay, so I guess I had a little bit of that back when I was questioning and like still unsure. And I started seeing a therapist and she was just like, "Mm, no, I don't think you could be autistic. And that already at that time was like, okay, you've known me for like five minutes. You don't even really know why I think I'm autistic. You're just looking at me and saying like, you don't think so. And that to me just kind of invalidated her opinion. It still sucked. It still made me go into like imposter syndrome mode massively. Uh, But still I had the wherewithal to be like, this woman doesn't know me. She didn't take any time to even understand why I think this about myself. And so, and I just knew she wasn't the right therapist for me at that time. So I had that experience, but like having that experience now, after I've been assessed thoroughly and diagnosed having a person who is in the mental health profession be like, no. So, okay. Let me go back. I'm going to I'm going to go back a little bit and so you guys can understand why I was even talking to this person today. So, as I posted on my last episode, I um I was going to start medication. So, I was just trying to remember if when I Oh yeah, when I talked to you guys, when I recorded that episode, I think I had started that morning on the Wellbutrin. So I was just trying to remember if I had already started it or if I was going to start on it. So I had started it that morning. Um, The Wellbutrin did not go super well. I am already back off of it Um, because the second day I was on it, I had a uh, exacerbation of my heart problem which if you've listened to previous episodes, you know there was a a period of time where I was seeing a cardiologist because I kept having a really increased heart rate at certain times, but it really only lasts like a couple of minutes and it usually happened when I was working out. So it was just kind of concerning to me. So this happened and 
the episode of my heart going really fast lasted a good like 25 minutes and it doesn't usually last that long it usually lasts like I said a couple minutes two minutes three minutes and then it'll go away um if even that long sometimes it lasts less than a minute you know it's just a very fleeting thing but this time it would not settle back down and so I knew going in that Wellbutrin can have some stimulating properties and uh, I was a little bit worried about that just because I know that stimulants can kind of um, make my my symptoms worse when it comes to my heart thing. Uh, so that happened. And so I called or I messaged the place that I got the medicine through. And I was like, hey, this happened. Like, is this should I keep taking this or whatever? And they were like, no, stop taking it and get in to, you know, talk to whoever saw you ASAP. So I made an appointment, two days later, saw a different provider, told her what had happened, and she was like, yeah, yeah, don't take the Wellbutrin anymore, that's fine, um, you know, it just obviously doesn't agree with you, and uh, we'll put you on an SSRI, which is like a different type of antidepressant for those of you who aren't like in the know about the different types. Uh, Wellbutrin doesn't work on the serotonin part of your brain. It works on the norepinephrine and the dopamine, which is why I guess it's an off-label treatment for ADHD as well, which is a reason why I was hoping this medication would work out because I was kind of like, oh, cool. If I could kill two birds with one stone and treat my anxiety and uh, my ADHD at the same time that would be great, but I guess it's not going to work out. So anyway, she said she wanted to put me on an SSRI. She said she, that we could try Celexa. So I was like, okay, great. And so she called in the prescription. Now, mind you, this is like an online medication service. Um, so these providers, like, I saw two different people. I spent maybe five minutes talking to each of them. To me, the process seemed a little too easy. Like it was easy to the point where I was like, this kind of makes me uneasy because this is a big deal. Like starting medications like this to me, I don't know, to me, it's a big deal, but it seemed so easy and like such a casual process. And they were just like, yeah, here you go. Here's another thing to try. And I'm like, all right. So I went to the prescription or I went to the pharmacy, picked up the prescription and uh, by the time I got back home, I walked in and my partner was like, what? why do you look sad? Why does your face look like that? And I was just like, and I just started crying and I was like, I don't want to take meds. I don't, this is what I don't want to do. Like, this is the part I was dreading is having to like start and stop and start and stop and deal with like, this one doesn't work. This is giving me this side effect, switch into another one. Like just all of the rigmarole, rigmarole of trying to like figure out what works, what doesn't, and like putting my brain and body through all of that transition constantly. Uh, so, you know, we had a little chat about it. Of course, they said like, you don't have to take meds, babe. Like, this is, you know, it's if you don't want to, if you really don't want to, like we can, we can manage this. And I'm like, I can't manage it though. I've been trying to manage it and it's not working. And I just had a moment of like frustration and already feeling super overwhelmed by the process, and I'd really only tried one med so far. But the Wellbutrin overall, it made me feel real weird. 
uh, the couple days I was taking it, uh, a couple hours after I would take it in the morning, I would feel really like, um, foggy brained. Like I couldn't really think straight. Uh, I just felt kind of slow, <laughs> kind of like tired. And then after that wore off, I would feel uh, a lot of energy, but almost to the point of feeling jittery which also is not a feeling that I enjoy. And I kept having little anxiety spikes and my mouth was super dry and I had a weird taste in my mouth. And all of these side effects were things that I was anticipating because, you know, I researched and read all of the things about this medication. So I knew all of this was normal and all of this stuff would probably subside eventually. Like in the first week or two, it's all of that stuff is supposed to subside what after you get used to the medication but the the whole heart palpitation thing really threw me off course with that medication so um so yeah I don't think I was on it long enough to really feel the mental health benefits because really with antidepressants you don't really feel them working in that way I don't think for at least like a week or two or three they say like three or four weeks but I don't know I did, I felt different. I did, I definitely felt more relaxed despite feeling jittery and like having little spikes of anxiety in between those anxiety spikes that would only last like a couple of seconds, maybe like five seconds. I would get like a weird like anxiety surge, like almost how it feels when you're about to have a panic attack, if you've ever had a panic attack. Um, and then it would just go away. And I'm like, that's weird. That keeps happening. But like between those anxiety surges, I actually felt really good. And I felt like, um, I was having less busyness in my brain. Um, so that was good. So, okay. So it wasn't all bad. Uh, so it must've been doing something in there. Uh, so anyway, but I had to go off of it. So whatever. So the Celexa, of course, I'm going to search and like, look at all of the things about it. And I did find out that there are some SSRIs that can cause or worsen heart arrhythmias. And Celexa is one of the ones that does that. And so I was like, oh, well, her knowing that I was having that problem with the Wellbutrin, why would she prescribe me this other medication that could have that potential side effect? Again, like... And so I was just like, you know what? I kind of don't trust these people. They're really just kind of like doling out medication to whoever calls in, it seems like. And I don't know, just something about it wasn't sitting right with me. The process didn't seem thorough enough. And I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel good moving forward. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm going to take this Celexa. I'm just going to put it on the counter, let it marinate for a couple days. Um, so I was just thinking about it, stewing on it, trying to decide what my next course of action was. And I had a follow up with my primary because I just had my annual, um, physical and my lady physical. So I had my pap and all of that. So I had to get my pap results and it was a phone visit. So she called me, she gave me my results. Everything's normal. Great. And I was like, so are you able to prescribe medication, uh, like antidepressants, anti-anxiety stuff? And she's like, I am, but, um, in order for me to prescribe it, I first have to send you to our behavioral health department. You have to talk to a therapist and then a psychiatrist. And then the psychiatrist will send their recommendations to me as far as what they are, um, suggesting you take. 
medication wise and then I'll write you the prescription and I'm like okay great uh can we do that and she's like sure so she referred me to psychiatry my appointment was today this afternoon just now right before I got on with you guys (laughs) and so this therapist calls me it's another phone appointment she calls me she's like hello this is Irma how are you like I'm fine we do a little chit chat and whatever you know And she asks me to explain what's going on. And of course, she is a mental health provider. She's someone who is going to be, she needs to be in the know about everything. And so I knew I was going to have to be very open about all of my diagnoses, which made me a little nervous because I was like, okay, I've never really gone into this type of situation disclosing this stuff before. And I just don't know what the reaction is going to be. And... My biggest fear came true because this woman straight up uh, denied that I had autism. So here's how it went. I explained to her that um, I was having a lot of problems with emotional regulation. I have a really high level of anxiety every day. Um, I do have bouts of depression. I have bouts of burnout. And I do have a diagnosis of ADHD and autism. And so I know that some of these symptoms come along hand in hand with those diagnoses, but I also feel like maybe some of this um, extra anxiety and stuff that may be exacerbating my uh, traits that are related to these things can maybe be calmed down and it might help kind of even everything out and that's what I'm hoping and that's why I'm seeking meds and I just sort of laid it all out there told her I had called those online people they gave me Wellbutrin it made my heart go funky they wanted to give me Celexa I felt weird about it and I so that's why I was there seeing them cool cool she was like okay um she starts asking me some questions um that seemed like they were just like normal intake questions and then she goes so when did you get an ADHD diagnosis? And I said, oh, I got that diagnosis uh, last August. And she's like, hmm, okay, that's odd. And I was like, it is? And she's like, yeah, I mean, usually people that have ADHD are diagnosed by the time they're age 12. And I'm like, uh, false, first of all. I know plenty of people who are who were teenagers and young adults and people my age who found out they had ADHD. Lady, I grew up in the 80s. No one was looking at me for ADHD. Like, come on. So I was just like, uh, well, I, you know, adult ADHD is a thing. I just, I think no one picked up on it when I was younger. And so then she goes into asking me, a bajillion questions about my childhood. And I mean, these were all leading questions about uh, ADHD. And then she went into asking me all of the questions that I already answered with the person who actually assessed me for ADHD, uh, who diagnosed me with ADHD. And I answered honestly. And by the end of that, she was like, hmm, okay. Huh. Well, all right, maybe you do have ADHD. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I do. I got diagnosed by a psychologist. So who very thoroughly investigated all of this stuff. Like it wasn't just like a five minute appointment. It was two full days and lots and lots of forms and email conversations and assessments and tests and everything. So yes, yeah, I do. Thank you for agreeing with my diagnosis I already had. Uh, 
and I knew we were going to get to the autism sooner or later. I was just waiting for it. And eventually, yeah, we did. She said, you know, um, when, when did you get diagnosed with autism? And I said, well, it was at the same time I got my ADHD diagnosis. And she said, well, what, uh, what, how did that diagnosis come to be? And so I sort of explained, you know, my, my story, which you guys have all heard. If you've listened to other episodes, it's like just all the things that sort of led to my, uh, my breaking point, I guess. Um, and she was like, hmm, but you know, so here's the thing. She's like, well, so what struggles do you have that are related to autism? And she's asking these questions, like, not in a curious voice, not like she's actually trying to learn. It was more of like a, she's doubting me type of situation where she's like, well, he's, oh, honey, like condescending, like, why don't you tell me what you're experiencing? That's autism. So I can dispute it basically is what she was thinking. And she's like, so how does this show up for you? And so I told her. You know, I told her, you know, all the things. I have social difficulties. I have uh, sensory issues. I have meltdowns. I have this, I have that. You know, all the things that present in my life. And she goes, hmm, okay. Uh, but you've had relationships. You mentioned you have kids. And I'm like, yeah, I have two kids. She's like, so are you married? And I'm like, no, I used to be married. I, I'm with. I'm engaged to be married to someone else. So yeah, I'm currently in a relationship. And she's like, hmm. And all her hmms, I'm just like, oh my god, uh, I want to reach through the phone and like, anyway, so she goes, that's, that's interesting because, you know, usually autistic people really struggle with relationships. And I'm like, oh, I do struggle with relationships. And she's like, yeah, but you're, you know, you've been married, you have kids. And I'm like, that doesn't mean I don't struggle with relationships. And she's like, yeah, okay. And she's like, you know, you mentioned that you were gifted as a child because we were talking about this when, when we were talking about ADHD. She's like, did you have a hard time in school when you were young? And I was like, well, well it depends what age. Like, what do you want to know? Like, not in elementary school. I was gifted. I was doing all the things. Filled her all in on all of that, how it kind of fell apart in the later grades. And she was like, okay. Um, she's like, you know, have you ha had your IQ tested? And I said, yeah, they did that as part of my autism assessment. And she said, what was it? And I said, well, it was in the low 130s. And she said, okay, well, that's what I thought because uh, a lot of high IQ individuals have symptoms that can look like autism, especially if you have past trauma and you have anxiety. And I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, um, my granddaughter's this way. She's like, my granddaughter's very intelligent and she cannot eat certain foods because she really has sensory problems. She just doesn't like the way they feel in her mouth. And I'm like, well, good for your granddaughter. Maybe she's autistic. Like, I didn't say that, but I really wanted to. Um, so I was like, all right, so you think my high IQ is causing my sensory problems? And she's like, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. She's like, also, people with high IQ can often have relational difficulties. And I'm like, okay why? Like, why would those two things be correlated? Like, are there any studies you can show me to like prove this? Or is this just something like you're speculating? I don't know where you're getting this info because I've literally never heard that there's a correlation between these things. Uh, she really 
didn't elaborate on that for me. I don't know if this is just something she's making up because she feels like she's seen it before. Um, but also, a lot of autistic people have high IQs. So <laughs> to, if there's a correlation between someone having sensory difficulties, social problems, and they have a high IQ, they might be autistic. That might be why those things are all presenting in that person. So I was frustrated. She just kept asking me all of these questions that were very like, I could just tell she was, she was doubting me and she was trying to look for holes in my story. And she's like, so who diagnosed you? You know, just asking all of these questions. And I had answers for all of them, but it made me feel so incredibly small and dismissed and not seen like and I know like I know okay so this lady's obviously older she's obviously not informed and I know I know in my heart of hearts that there are a lot of therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists out there like this that don't know so the fact that I know that and I can like rationalize in my mind like this lady just does not know what she's talking about but still there's part of me that's like, it's hurtful. It's hurtful and it's upsetting and it's, it's, it's not right. You know, it's just not right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So she started asking me a bunch of other questions about my past and my family history and, um, all of this stuff. And, uh, she said that she thinks I have toxic stress. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I would probably agree with that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cause she's like, because of things that happened in your childhood and your young adult years that were traumatic, I think you have toxic stress. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. Yeah. It does sound like that's what I have. I also have autism and ADHD though, like lady. And so anyway, so that was my experience with that woman. She's like, you know, it's great that you're seeing a therapist. Um, if you weren't seeing a therapist already, they would probably have you continue to see me. And I'm like, well, thank God I'm not going to continue to see you because my therapist actually believes me, uh, when I tell her things about myself. Uh, so she was like, okay, next step, we refer you to psychiatry. So you'll see the psychiatrist. They'll go over all of these notes that I've made and sort of, um, talk to you a little bit more and then decide like what the best course of action would be. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so I scheduled that and we got off the phone and I was just like, shit, like now I'm just dreading seeing the psychiatrist because I hope to God that I don't have to go through this whole thing again with a different provider being like, oh, you're not autistic. You're in a relationship. Oh, you seem to be, oh, one of the things she said to me, she goes, well, if you're, if you are autistic, you must be extremely high functioning. And I'm like, am I though? Why am I talking to you if I'm doing so well? You know, why am I seeking mental health treatment if I'm functioning at a high level? Like just because someone can get through life doesn't mean, I mean, you guys know this, I'm preaching to the choir, but like, how does she know I'm high functioning? Has she come and seen me in my day-to-day -day life? She didn't even really listen to me what I was saying about my struggles. She was just, I think, thinking of her rebuttals the whole time of why that's not true and why I couldn't possibly be autistic or have ADHD. So uh, I, was, I was just really blown away that 
she would even say that. I'm like, you don't know what my level of functioning is, lady. You don't know. You can go. Anyway, uh, I feel very angry. (laughs) So I'm not going to continue down that road. I'll be fine. Uh, This helps. Getting it all out. Having a little rant is good. Uh, Getting it all out is so thanks guys for listening. Uh, honestly, at this point in time, I'm, I'm already really frustrated by this whole process. I, this is one of the reasons why I was super hesitant about medications in the first place is because for one, I knew it might take some trial and error. I don't feel like I have the time or energy to keep transitioning on and off of different medications and keep experiencing different side effects and, um, not feeling like myself sometimes. And then, you know, that's just a lot. It's a lot. And I'm really busy and I have a lot going on and I have school and I have work and I'm a mom and I just like, I don't have time to not feel well, but then I don't have time to be not functioning well either. Like from a, from that other angle, like how I haven't been functioning well. So it's like, what do I, I'm like damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't basically at this point. Um, but the, the other reason I was hesitant was because of this very scenario that's playing out is having to deal with these mental health professionals who may not be knowledgeable or respectful or uh, willing to expand their view and listen and learn, which is obnoxious. So I think when I see this psychiatrist, if they even doubt. I'm just going to be like, would you like me to email you my assessment results from the psychologist who did a very thorough evaluation on me and ruled out everything else that this could possibly be? Because I can send you that. I'm happy to send you the multiple, multiple pages of test results and notes that I have saved on my computer, psychiatrist, if you would like to read them. Maybe even then they would read them and be like, no, I think this is just high IQ and toxic stress. That's all it is. (laughs) Oh, man. Some of these doctors need to get bent. I'm just telling you guys. This is just... And I'm so, 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 so sorry for all of you who are still seeking a diagnosis who have had to go through this. I can't even imagine... Uh, My good friend Liz just went through this. She had to fight for her diagnosis. She had to see so many doctors like this who were like, no, you're not autistic. You have borderline personality disorder. And she was like, no, I don't. Like, sure, that's a thing. And other people have it, but not me. This is not me. And she really had to, like, find a person who had an open enough mind to listen to her And to go through that process of just having to advocate so hard for yourself and having to hear over and over again that people don't believe you. When you know yourself, you know yourself and you know your experiences and you know what it is and people tell you, no, it's not. And that's just, it's just terrible. And I'm sorry if you're a person who's going through that or who has gone through that or who continues to go through that. I know some people have that experience with continually going through that even after diagnosis with uh, family members and friends and other people who are in your lives who don't believe you and who chronically question you and it's just it's infuriating and it's sad and (sighs) autism is not a trend we're not all out here just being like this seems like a cool thing to be because obviously it's not it's obviously not a cool and fun thing because you get treated like this this is not a trend. 
this is not me being like, oh, I want to be um, doubted and looked at, looked down upon by these medical professionals when I open up to them. That's cool. That's a cool trend. Yeah. Like, no. <sighs> okay, anyway. I just keep ranting and ranting and ranting. I have to shut it off. <laughs> I have to I have to cut myself off because I will just keep going cuz man, I'm fired up. Anyway, that lady did not make my anxiety better. I feel like I need more anxiety medication after talking to that therapist. I hope the experience with the psychiatrist goes better. I will fill you guys in. I have my appointment with them next week and uh We'll see. I bet I know how it's going to go, though. This time I'll be more prepared. I was sort of caught off guard today, even though I was nervous that this woman was going to react like this. I was thinking, like, I guess I was being more optimistic and being like, no, it's fine. Like, she'll be, she'll believe me. But no, she didn't. So, yeah, anyway. So, thanks for listening, guys. I I feel better. <sighs> I got some of that out. I know when my partner gets home from work, uh, they're going to get all of this story too. (laughs) So I'll get to rant about it again a second time. Uh, but I'm glad I have people who will listen and understand and I'm really grateful for you guys. So I hope you all are having a wonderful day or evening or night or whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening. And if you want to reach out as usual, all of the info is in the show notes as well as the Instagram handle. And yeah, That's all I got to say. All right, I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.